I just have learned that, you know, when I'm flying first class, I always make sure to bring my own caviar because airlines just mess it up. They've been in business for seven years and they still don't know what they're doing. I guess a podcast seemed natural. Here's Founder Quest. I got first class back from RubyConf. I, I forget what it cost, but it was like too cheap to pass up. So I splurged a little bit. Yeah, I'd love me some first class, especially on the way back. Like, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're wiped out. You're tired. You're like, oh, yeah. You don't. And like I was crash. I was hungry and they like they had food like it wasn't a lot of food uh, granted, but it was better than no food. So I've read on travel blogs that the the guideline is if it's less than a dollar per minute of flight time, then it's worth it to spend the extra. Right. So if you get a deal like that then go for it. Yeah. yeah, I need to start making that calculation more and make sure I'm getting the most out of my uh, Honey Badger expense card. For real. That the, yeah. handbook, that, the, that the handbook grants me. Wait, what's this? I must have like glossed over that part of our new um, company handbook that Ben yeah, wrote. Yeah, yeah. Handbook, handbook says that every, every employee in the U.S. gets a company-issued credit card and you can use it at your discretion. Oh my goodness, cha-ching. Yeah, totally. That's what that is. I wonder what that thing in my wallet was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it doesn't have to go, be burning a hole anymore. Of course, you also have to like uh, deal with the part of our, our code of conduct policy that talks about how we do financial reviews of all of our credit card statements. Or in other words, Ben looks at every line item of every credit card statement. like, hey, did you really need to spend it? Yeah. <laughs> I already know. I already know that Ben is like, I already assumed that Ben is watching, like actively watching the credit card statement, like in real time, you know? So don't you get notifications or something, Ben? I, I have, yes, I have Amex <laughs> configured to alert me whenever a purchase happens that's over $500. Oh my goodness. You know who you are, Ben? What? I just, you're probably not going to like this. I've been reading <laughs> Lord of the Rings um, for the first time, finally. And it's like, it's like the eye of Sauron, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for like credit card, for financial the eye of Amex. Do you think Sauron was a micromanager or did he like delegate? You know, that kind he of was oversight? definitely a micromanager. He was like directly controlling everybody. Right. Armies, yeah. Right. Like as soon yeah. as he died or whatever, like his armies just dissipated. I also have got the first class upgrades a couple times. I'm sorry, Ben. I hope that didn't hurt your feelings. I don't really think you're like Sauron. <laughs> I just thought it was too funny to not say. I don't know. Being compared to Sauron, that's actually kind of cool. Kind of he's a very, very capable manager, that, that person. That's true. He didn't do a lot of management. Very, yeah, so very successful right up until yeah. the end. Until the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just took on too much VC cash. So how was the actual conference, Josh? You went to RubyConf. You decided to go old school and you took a bunch of t-shirts with you, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I took a duffel bag of t-shirts this time that was uh, okay. not something I had to check. So I just it was carry on. And yeah, that was kind of fun. Like, We'd, we'd kind of moved to just like taking a virtual, you know, we take our business cards that have like little links to get t-shirts on them most of the time, but it's fun to have like the actual swag at the conference and hand them out and stuff. So yeah, yeah. it felt like old times. Yeah. how do you feel like the conference was in terms of like attendance and the talks and all that? It was great. It was, you know, I mean, obviously it was sold out. Yeah. Lots of people there. The talks that I saw were good. Yeah. I honestly, I, I did mostly the hall, hallway track while I was there. So I think I probably only attended like six talks or so, maybe five or six, but how, got to catch game up. Night? Game night was great. It was, I forget how many people actually showed up, but like it was a full room. I think they had like eight to 10 tables or something and they were all filled at one point. So yeah, full house, 
we had a little swag table. So I got to put my shirts out with the other sponsors, uh, Ruby together and backer kit were both sponsors with us. Oh, so oh, we sponsored and, and the game yeah, we did. Was that an, an official like conference thing or is that like a, a side thing? It was official this time. Normally it's, I think we did it. One, we did it at RailsConf, I think earlier this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But it was unofficial. It's usually been unofficial, but this year, Mike with uh, Contributed Systems, who does Sidekick, put together like a official game night package. We got a couple other sponsors to, to co-sponsor. It made a big difference having it be an official event because the attendance seemed to really tick up with it being on the official docket. And Nashville, you had some good food, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my favorite was the hot chicken. And it was, it was very hot. I'm glad I didn't get the, uh, they had a ghost, one that was like a ghost pepper sauce, which we got a side of. And I'm glad I didn't get that on my chicken because it turned out to not just be ghost pepper sauce. It was ghost pepper oil, basically. And the oil changes things. I was like, I I eat ghost pepper. Like, I mean, it can't be that bad. You only get so hot, right? I discounted the fact that oil exists. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That changes things. Yeah, oil changes everything. So I'm glad I didn't dive into that. Glad you had a good time. Yeah. All right. So I think what we were like the actual topic for today is going to be the like our free plan. Yeah. So I was talking with Jonathan from New Zealand, who is actually going to be writing an article for us pretty soon. And he is a listener and was like, hey, you should talk about um, your free plan because I noticed you have a free plan. But I've heard everywhere that when you have a free plan, it contributes the most to like support, like you end up doing way more support for free users and for anybody else, you know, also it just ends up draining a lot of resources and costing a lot of money. So he wanted to know, like, first of all, like what was the process by which we came up with the free plan? Why did we decide to do it? And then he also wanted to know how has it affected our sort of support costs and everything like that. Little did Jonathan know that this is a issue that has been, this is like a long standing, not really an argument or anything like, nope, there's no sides, but it's something that's come up and then been dropped a lot over the entire life of the company. Maybe we should start a little bit by talking about our current free plan and sort of what it's like and what we offer and whether or not it's working for us and like support and all that is, could you maybe talk a little bit about that, Ben? So our, our current plan, we started talking about support and I, I was thinking like, how, how has that been? And I'm thinking back over the past few months that we've had the free plan in place. And, and really, as far as I can remember, it hasn't been much of an impact on support, actually. I can't think of particular um, support requests or volume of support requests that have come in that have made me think, oh, this is, this is terrible. So, so I guess win in that column, right? So, so that's been nice. That's been a pleasant surprise. I, I don't think I was really expecting support volumes to change all that much, but it is nice to have that bear out that it hasn't killed us. But our, our current plan, we decided to offer because we, we saw that, you know, there was a certain group of people that would like to use us, specifically like solo developers, but who just you know, felt that our small plan was just too much. You know, at $60 a month, they just, they couldn't swing that. And so they would go to our competitors who would offer a free plan. And so we thought, well, you know, why are we turning away people? Why don't we build a free plan that allowed those, those kind of individuals and, well, it, it is individual. I was about to say and small teams, but really it's not small teams because we decided that our free plan would be limited to one user. And we decided that because we didn't want to run the risk of cannibalizing our existing business with having 
teams of, you know, 10 or 20 or more people and say, hey, we can get away with the free plan. So, so yeah, so we decided that, you know, for individual developers who just couldn't swing the 60 bucks a month that we, we should offer them something because we, we didn't want them to push, we didn't want to push them away to, to somebody else. We wanted them to be able to grow into a paid hunting badger account if that ever happens for them. You know, maybe they will bring us to their workplace. Maybe they will, maybe right now they're between jobs and they'll get a job and, and introduce us to their, their new coworkers. Hopefully, you know, these free uh, users will end up leading to paid users at some point through some, you know, life circumstance change. Or maybe their side project will take off and that would be, that, could, that would be the best. Even better. For, for yeah. us and them. Because that's be awesome for everybody. That's always awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that can, if the, the fact that we have it sort of limited to a single user has, has resulted in us not having a huge support volume. Because if you're a single developer working on a project, like you're not spending, you're not going to spend all of your time like doing super detailed like error instrumentation. You're not going to be spending all your time doing these really sort of weird edge cases things. Like you're not going to have firewalls that need to be configured probably. And so, yeah, so maybe they just sort of like use the simplest case scenario. They plop in our, our gem or our library and they just let it do its thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And to go along with that idea, you know, that we don't have, like it's a developer who presumably knows what they're doing, right? We don't, we don't typically have an unsophisticated user base, right? We have pretty advanced uh, people using our system. And so the, the one place where that sometimes is in the case where there's a, a big team where there's got people who are not developers who are collaborating on a particular project, right? So uh, that could introduce those the more support problems that might bury someone who's you know, offering a free plan for their service that has users that can't help themselves, basically. Actually, I don't even know if this is a result of the free plan, but one thing that occasionally happens that is always a little bit amusing, not that, not that I would make fun of people, but sometimes we get people who sign up for our app who contact support and it's pretty clear they really don't have any idea like what our app is for or don't have, like they really have no idea what's, what it is. So it's like, why, why did you sign up for this? But, you know, we try and sort of gently show them the exit and maybe point <laughs> them to whatever. Just point point them really to the uh, the Bitcoin Honey Badger Bitcoin, <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, um, or yeah. the Honey. Well, I forget what the the other one is that we get sometimes. Nutritional supplements. Nutrition or the nutritional yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah. got to be it's yeah. either Bitcoin or nutritional supplements. So you got to pick one or the other. Out of right. all the companies <laughs> online with the Honey Badger with some name having to do with Honey Badgers, we provide the most open and best support, and so we get support requests for all companies named Honey Badger. So like what we should do is we should totally acquire those companies. And then when those people contact us and be like, oh, yes, we can help you with that. Here, check out our line of health enhancing products. That's an interesting acquisition strategy, you know, namesake. <laughs> it would be truly selfless because it's like we acquired this company because we want to be able to provide support for the people who are contacting us totally. about these nutritional supplements. And of course, we want to make mad money by being a Bitcoin exchange. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, yeah. I've always wanted a honey badger coin that was uh, our, our own. If you really want to be amused, though, go read Patty Eleven's tweets about Bitcoin. It's, it's always amusing. He's amazing. So, yeah, no, we're never going to touch Bitcoin. That's never going to happen at yeah. Honey Badger. But. Patrick's got just a little bit of financial knowledge, I gather. <laughs> so, but, you know, on support, like that, that wasn't our primary concern. Like, would it overwhelm us with support? Actually, our primary concern and the reason why we didn't do free for a long time was we were concerned about the costs of supporting those users. Like, 
if we got a free user who signed up and then sent us a gazillion error reports, well, that would swamp us, right? And we'd be doing all that for free. Like we uh, just, that was, we were pretty allergic to that. Idea. And for many years, when people would ask us if we had a free pin, our stock response was like, no, we can't afford to give the level of service that we provide to someone that's not paying us. <laughs> uh, sorry, it just doesn't make sense, right? Economically. Unlike a lot of, a lot of SaaS companies out there, it's possible actually for a customer to cost us more money to service than they pay us. Like if they have a higher, high error volume and they result in a lot of emails being sent or a lot of, I don't know, SMS messages being sent or whatever, like we pay for each one of those. So yeah. One of the big reasons that the free plan was tough in the past was when we, like before we started really enforcing rate limits or having actual any kind of limiting like of anything on our service, which we talked about before. But if you're allowing people to send basically unlimited traffic through your system, then the free plan could get pretty expensive in that regard, I would imagine. Definitely. Yeah. So the current free plan is sort of a direct outgrowth of us implementing rate-based pricing, right? Yep. Yeah. Once we had the, the ability to limit, then we could say, okay, yeah, we can give you a plan that has a pretty low limit. And that was pretty straightforward. And it's a nice upgrade path too, because if somebody sends us over the, their amount of errors, they get this automatic prompt to upgrade to get, you know, a higher limit. And if you are a free plan user and you start using more than is on your plan, then that's a nice upgrade path. Yeah. I, I don't think we've seen that much. I think so far, again, we haven't had this live for a long time. It's just been a few months, if I remember correctly. We haven't really seen people doing that, like starting out free and then upgrading. What we actually have seen more of is people who were on our small plan downgrading to our free plan because you know, they, they had signed up before we had the free and then they realized, oh, now I can, my, my traffic is so low and I'm just, just me, I can, I can use Honey Badger for free and stay within limits. And that's, that's totally fine. Like, uh, we have no, no problems with that. But yeah, the idea being that, you know, the person who's at work and using Honey Badger, he wants to have a side project and also use Honey Badger. We get that a lot. And that's, to me, that's gratifying. I love being able to actually support someone who's doing that. I mean, I like side projects, right? I like being able to have someone be able to use our tool who is really, there's no justification for actually paying monthly for it. So one side effect of having a free plan that I noticed when we did our stats or when I did like my sort of deep dive into stats a couple of months ago is that if you implement a free plan, like prepared to make note of like the date that you launch it, because you're going to see a super like large drop in your conversion ratio. <laughs> and if, you, if you're not like, oh yeah, the free plan, then that might give you a little heart attack. And I wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah, it's good to, good to, to mark those, those turning points when you do those pricing experiments. Every pricing experiment that we have done has been over time. Like we don't, we don't A-B test pricing, but we put new pricing out there and we see what happens after a few months, right? So yeah, you got to be able to track like, oh, why did this uh, chart all of a sudden change? Oh yeah, we launched new pricing that month. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a little bit of a complexity overhead. It seems like when we introduce new concepts of like a paid versus a free user into the system or something. So I've been working on redoing our uh, onboarding emails and it's like, seems the more, like the more different types of users we have, like the, the more complicated that setup is too. And it's like, I have to have these conditionals. Like, well, I don't want to send like a email asking someone to pay us if they're on a free plan, but it's like, how do you know they're on the free plan versus, versus like a paid one? So just adds a little bit of extra complexity. It's totally bogus when 
there's a site that offers you a free trial or a free plan and they ask you for a credit card. It's like, well, but you're not going to charge me, right? <laughs> you know, so yeah. So sending them an email like, hey, you've been using for two weeks, time to pay us. It's like, oh, but wait, I'm not paying you. Yeah. <laughs> I think wasn't there some discussion about that today? Like I think Rework, the Rework podcast talked about that or something. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's today's episode of the Rework podcast is all about how they decided to do your free plan again. They had one back in the day and then recently decided to, to launch it again. And yeah, Aaron responded to DHH complaining about the people that ask for a credit card for a free plan just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Aaron Patterson, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I totally agree on if you're signing up for an actual free, like the free version of something, it like it's doesn't make sense at all to ask for a credit card because it's never going to get charged. Like it shouldn't ever get charged. There is debate between asking for payment upfront on a trial, which I think is um, is probably more valid because like if you're signing up for a trial, like that's one of the steps that's really important to uh, to continue if you decide to keep the trial or not. We've always decided to do it, not not do that, not have the credit card up front because like a developer on a team often doesn't have the company card right. handy, right? And I so, think, no, yeah. Because we started with a credit card up front, but then we quickly sort of... Well, I think that's why too, um, or it was part of the reason was that it wasn't working as well for us. And I think it, I think Ben's right though. It does have a lot to do with the customer that is signing up. For instance, the company or the thing we're switching to for our onboarding emails is UserList. I was a little bit surprised when they asked for me for a credit card up front because I just haven't, it hasn't been as common. Like I don't see that. Maybe it's because I'm a developer and other, you know, companies have come to the same conclusion we have. But I think it works in their case. Like their customer is like they, they currently at least serve like SaaS operators. Like, and a lot of them are like, you know, founders or someone relatively high up the chain. So they, ha- they know they have a credit card and the ability to pay. So I had personally, I had no problem putting my credit card in there. Like I was already pretty sold on it when I signed up. So, so this isn't our first attempt at a free plan. How, how many other ones have we had? Like, I think I'm thinking one other attempt, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? I thought we did two. I thought we did one brief one a long time ago. Oh, maybe, I, you know, I have memory. Of, I can't remember stuff more than six months ago. Right. So. And that's, that's my check. So, <laughs> And the last one, like Josh was the person who was sort of the lead in developing that. Is that right? On the free plan? Yeah. I just remember that yeah, you were I just pulling out your hair over, over all the code that had to be written to handle the case where somebody was over the resource limits for the free plan, but then got automatically assigned to the free plan. And you don't just want to like delete yeah, the resources. That's starting to vaguely come back to me now. And I'm having bad feelings, Star. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think- yeah, I think you're triggering me a little bit right now. No. Yeah, I remember that. Like, we took, I, well, I took fairly convoluted approach to that, I think, which turned out to be maybe a bad idea. But yeah, we basically like, we had like a downgrade mechanism where you could like sign up for the trial. But if you didn't pay at the end, you got converted and you matched like you weren't over, you weren't using any paid features, you automatically got a free plan. So it was basically like the idea, I think the idea was good. Let people sign up and see what Honey Badger can do in all of its power. And then at the end of the trial, so everyone goes through a trial. And then if you still just aren't, you know, aren't using that stuff, then it would automatically convert you and you get your free plan. But it turns out that's a lot of extra logic and there's a lot that can go wrong there. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. And and part of it, as I recall, the 
or some confusion because of the way that we do accounts and how we do collaborators. You know, you can, if you signed up because uh, someone invited you to, to collaborate on their account, right? You could, if you were then on a free plan, you could create your own project and you're like, well, you know, is this my, my collaborator's project? Is it my project? And, and doing the checks on that. Yeah. That got kind of hairy. Our whole account system. I, th- I think that's part of the problem is that like our, our user account system was not designed for that level of, it's not a good abstraction for, for those types of things. And that's been a problem elsewhere as well. And that's one reason I think you're, you're working on that right now, aren't you, Ben, to like get some sort of new account abstraction, abstraction, which will be a better model. So I'm thinking about this and the question, like, what was it that makes it like, what is it about our plan system that makes it hard to sort of switch between uh, to downgrade somebody from a like paid plan to a free plan? And it seems like it's the fact that like when you have the paid plan or the higher plan, you can create more of these resources like projects or whatever. And then I guess you could in the past is not how it works now, but in the past you could. And those stick around and we like actually perform work for those projects. You know, we take inbound errors, we do processing on things, whether, and, and that work goes on whether or not you're like logged in or whatever. And so then it's like this question, it's like, well, what do we do with those resources? Like do, like which ones do we shut down? Like, do we, we have to pause them. We can't just like delete them entirely. So it seems like if you're going to like develop a plan system that was the most optimized for being able to switch somebody between a free plan and a paid plan, it would all be like the resources and stuff. There's no difference between freedom, free and paid. It's just the sort of like features that you can use that the user themselves can use like against the resources. And it's like everything else would need to stay the same. Yeah. I think having all those different, like that whole, like we have, we've had like a fairly complex like feature matrix for our plans in the past where it's like, especially when we weren't doing resource-based billing or usage-based, I mean. So before we were doing usage, like, you know, charging for the number of errors you can send or whatever, like we had, we tiered on a lot more like granular things within the app itself. And if uh, it's easy to like, if you're in a trial and you can just use anything, it's easier to get yourself into like a paid state. And then it's like, how do you get them back into a free state if they want to do that? I don't know. Yeah. And this one's more clear up front, like what you're getting into. If you sign up for a solo plan, which is our, our free plan, you know what you're getting into. You know that there's certain limits. You know, it's not, there's no surprises 15 days down the road. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, I think that's the key for me is just, just have different sign up, just different paths for each type of user. Like if you've got a free plan, like have them, you sign up for the free plan from the beginning. If you've got an open source plan and have a specific page for it that you know, lets people go through a different process to get into that. And that's something we're learning, I think. Why don't we take that one step farther and we'll just have different apps for each plan. There you go. <laughs> Completely separate applications yeah. on different servers and everything. That would, yeah, that would really reduce the conditional logic in our app. <laughs> that'd, yeah, that'd be, it'd great. be great. Like we just set like a, like just a handful of environment variables for each app and we're done. I'll get yeah. Right on and that. You, you know what? The best thing of all is that it's web scale. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I like that idea. Like so many things in, that we've experienced in running Honey Badger, like the, the time where you are as a business makes a difference, right? We, when we started out, we didn't have a free plan. We knew that we couldn't afford it in terms of support and in terms of you know, operating the servers and handling the traffic and that sort of thing. And we, we gave up that, 
that opportunity for the growth that can come because people are being exposed to your service without having to pay for it, right? It's a, it's a marketing, it's a marketing cost. But over time, we built the system, we added the metering, we got to a scaling point where we could handle that kind of cost and, and offer that. And so if you're just starting out, like when we were just starting out, it's, it's definitely a struggle. You're thinking like, can I, can I afford that? Can I uh, run a business that way? And, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can get lucky and, you know, structure it in such a way that the cost won't kill you, you know, or, you know, you're VC backed and you don't have to care, right? <laughs> you can just give it all away free. Not the situation that we found ourselves in, but, you know, if you have that, go for it, right? Yeah. Uh, early on, I think that not having the free, free plan was a really good form of validation for us that we were actually onto something with the product because like people who signed up, we knew we were signing up because they valued the product because you had to pay for it. And it's easy. I've, I've seen people that have launched like new things with basically a very strong freemium model. And they might end up with like, you know, 10,000 users or something, but then no one is paying them. The feedback you get from, from paying users is also going to be way more useful than the feedback you get from free users, because a lot of free users are going to be like, well, if you add this one thing, then I'll pay for it or whatever. But that's usually bullshit. And but the paid users, uh, they're already paying. So you kind of know that they're, they're like, they're already contributing something. So maybe it's worth optimizing the app for them and not the people who are not paying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've been really surprised though. It's been really great since we launched the the current solo plan, which is what we call our free plan. That uh, I, I've been loving seeing like the sign up, like the we do that onboarding introduction where they can like introduce themselves. Like it's a free form text field where we just say like, "Hey, why are you signing up for Honey Badger?" And we've had like a ton of the uh, the GitHub student pack people signing up because oh, nice. we're, yeah, and uh, it's been really cool though. It's like all these student and bootcamp camp developers that are signing up for Honey Badger. And it's cool to read some of the like things they say about why they, they want to, they've never been exposed to monitoring before a lot of them. So it's cool to see like, you know, the next wave of developers being exposed to Honey Badger and to just monitoring in general. Yeah. It's kind of neat with the, you know, doing my interviews with the writers who are going to be working with us. Like we've got a lot of people who like came through boot camps a couple of years ago and have been developing professionally. And I don't know, it's just kind of neat to see like the next, I mean, it's not really a generation because anybody can go to a boot camp, but a lot of these are, are sort of younger people. And so it's kind of neat to see the next generation sort of coming through and how sort of different they are from like my generation. I think that's kind of awesome. You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is we've always had a free plan for open source projects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't advertise that much. It's on, it's, on, it's on our site somewhere, but whenever anybody asks, we're happy to give them a free account so that they can monitor their open source projects. And we have uh, several people using us for that. And I, I love being able to, to give back in that way. I mean, we've benefited, of course, so much from open source in our business, like everything that we run on is, is an open source stack. It's nice to be able to support people who are contributing in that way to the community. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that's on my to-do list is to make like an official, I'd like to get an official like open, you know, Honey Badger for open source page up and have like more of a, advertise it a little bit more. One wrinkle with that that I've run into with replying to, to support tickets and stuff, and this isn't really a big deal, but it's just something to be aware of that the listeners might, might want to be aware of too, is that people have a wide variety of definitions of op open source. And so the open source plan isn't for necessarily anybody for any web app whose source code is open source, 
right? Because we got somebody who was like, yeah, I'm going to make this. It was like some sort of like Twitch clone or something. And it's like, yeah, and it's open source, but we're going we're gonna to run it and it's going to be business. And it's like, no, we're not. Like, we're not going to pay for your like, you know, thousands of users business who releases an open source projects monitoring. That's not, that doesn't do us any good. It's, the open source is about um, sort of giving back to the community that creates, you know, the type of open source projects that, that we all use and benefit from. Yeah. And there's, there's probably few, well, admittedly fewer of those for a, like a monitoring service because to use our open source plan, it implies that you have a production service that you're monitoring and there's fewer company or fewer open source projects or org- organizations that, that run some kind of production service. Rubygems.org is one. So that's, that's an example. Like they use Honey Badger and they're on our open source plan and they are like literally an open source foundation. Like it's being run by a foundation to benefit the Ruby community. And they happen to have, they run rubygems.org, which like serves all the gems to everyone. So that's an example of like someone who would use our, our open source service, as opposed to like if we were like a CI platform or something like that, then like everyone would use us uh, for their project because basically every open source project on GitHub, you know, needs CI. So there's more of a market for open source people there. So could you say, Josh, that every time somebody types in bundle install the honey badger plays a tiny part in delivering those libraries and those gems to their that's true yeah that's amazing isn't it we do we do we do amazing work gentlemen (laughs) yeah we uh there was a lot of uh we were talking about ruby together a lot at rubyconf and we support ruby together and i think some of the work they do is really really cool too um because you know that's kind of their purpose is to like build the tools that we as Rubyists use to build our businesses and projects and things. So I definitely, on a serious note, it is, it's great to support the Ruby community. Do you have anything else to say about free plans? Everybody loves free. Yeah. Give me more of that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to wrap things up. Thank you, dear listeners, for listening to another episode of Founder Quest, all about free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. If you like the show, please um, review us on your podcast app of choice. If you want to write for us at our blog, we're always sort of accepting applications and looking for people. So check us out. In the past, I've advertised this and said to go look at the blog top nav and you'll find a link right for us. And it wasn't there because I forgot to merge that branch. So I've since merged the branch. It's up there. Go look for it. Um, any other announcements? Nope. No, they're shaking their heads. We're good. Like yeah. Founder, founder Quest, always free. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. This is our gift to you. Yeah. Stay tuned for our Patreon. <laughs> FounderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at HoneyBadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.